0: Welcome to the Taney Love Church Podcast. Our desire is to gather, train, and send those who are called into the kingdom. We hope this message inspires, uplifts, and equips you to fulfill the call that God has placed in your life. Thanks again. God bless. So we have been talking, minus last week, um, I've done a se- started a series a few weeks back called Simply Believe, and the Lord put this on my heart after coming back from Romania, and uh, it's really enlightened me a lot. I hope that it's blessed you. I hope you guys have enjoyed it some and increased you. So I want to do a little bit of recap because I know we kind of skipped a week last week, and then we'll move into what I have for you this week. I don't, I don't plan on keeping you along, but we'll just do what I feel like the Holy Spirit wants us to do. As the Lord began to talk with me of what it means to have faith and what some people would call great faith, he He brought some balance to my understanding in this. Oftentimes in the realm of quote unquote word of faith, I don't know if anyone's heard that term, but some people say, well, I belong to the word of faith movement or whatever. And I understand what people are doing, but, uh, but I just, I'm a believer of what the Bible says. Okay. So sometimes, uh, and I want you to hear me out, and if if what I'm saying doesn't make sense, I want you to raise your hand, and I'll try to clarify for you, because I want to make sure that I'm not causing imbalance here. When it comes to faith, oftentimes people put faith on this pedestal of something to graduate into, to try to get to. Does that make sense? One day, as I mature... I will get to a place of having some faith. We see scripture in the Bible that says we grow from hope to hope and faith to faith, and that's what we use to justify this theory and this mindset. Um, That if I pray enough, that if I give enough, that I put enough years in the church, that eventually I'll begin to have faith. And we, we, um, we judge this by what we assume is going to be a feeling of having faith. Does that make sense? We want to feel as if we are in faith. What I want to point out to you this morning is you're looking for a spiritual solution to an emotional problem. You're looking for a spiritual solution to an emotional feeling. If you're, just hold on. If that's your mindset, you're not living by the spirit, you're living by the flesh. Mm -hmm. Because you want to live in the flesh, but feel better about it. You want to have peace in that position, as opposed to living by the spirit, regardless of how the flesh feels. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. There's a difference there. So a lot of people look at faith as something to graduate into, to grow into, as something that we can obtain at some point and then grow in. And we, we begin to, to study and we listen to, to teachings and we go to conferences and we try to put mass knowledge about faith into this tool belt of faith that we imagine we have, I guess. Or like, well, I'll, the way the Lord showed it to me was this, was like, there was this big like box and it was like a big chest and it said, understanding of faith. And we begin to just pile all this stuff in this box. And the more knowledge we have about faith, the more we feel like we're growing in faith. And we just we put knowledge and we seek the word and we seek truth and we seek understanding. We go to conferences and we just shove all this stuff in this box. And the knowledge, your understanding of faith grows. And we think that that directly correlates to having faith. no. What you have is understanding. There's this verse in the Bible that says, lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Well, and people would maybe argue and say, well, it's not worldly understanding. It's biblical understanding. I understand what you're saying. In no way am I saying don't read the scripture. In no way am I saying don't strive for knowledge. But what I'm saying is faith is simple and we've made it complicated we've made it complicated because we've added our own intellect to it and tried to grow in our understanding of it faith is simple the two examples the lord showed us in studying this out was the example of the syrophoenician woman and the example of the centurion soldier Those are in Matthew 8 is a centurion soldier, and Matthew 15 is the Canaanite or the Syrophoenician woman. Both of those, those are the only two examples we have in all of Scripture where Jesus said they have great faith. He never used the term great faith in all of Scripture except for these two times. So if we're believers and we say we want to have faith and we want to have good, great faith, we should see how Jesus qualified great faith. Would you agree? Here's what I'll say about these two examples. Again, I'm kind of recapping a little bit because I'm trying to get somewhere this morning. So, so I want you to read these. Matthew 8, 5 through 13 is a centurion shoulder. And Matthew 15, verses 21 through 28 is the Canaanite woman. Go study that for yourself in your own time. Uh, if you don't have time, do it in the normal amount of time you guys read your Bible during the week because everyone in this church reads their Bible every week. right? Okay, thank you, Ben. So go study it for yourself. (laughs) That was a test. Um, The centurion soldier, uh, he was a Roman. He wasn't a Jewish person. He wasn't a quote unquote believer. He probably wouldn't even know what the word faith meant. Okay? The Canaanite woman was the exact same, they were considered second class citizens. Jesus called her a dog, and she says, it's true. And she said, uh, she probably didn't even know what the word faith was either. But she said, even the dogs eat from the crumbs of the table. She said, I don't even need a whole helping of what you have. All I need is a crumb. Both examples, neither one of them knew about what it meant to be, quote unquote, saved. Jesus hadn't died yet. Neither one of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Neither one of them had great understanding of the law or the Pentateuch or or what the scribes wrote or the, 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 the books of the prophet or the books of the law. They didn't know any of it. What did they know? And how is it that Jesus said they had great faith? They knew a few very simple things. They both knew this. One, if that guy, Jesus, says it, it'll be done. That guy, Jesus, whatever he says, whatever he says to do, it'll be done. I don't know anything else in the world, but what I do know is this, I have a problem and the guy who can fix it is over there. The centurion soldier told Jesus, he said, because Jesus said, well, let me come with you. He had a servant in his house that was sick. And he said, I'm not worthy that you would come to my home. He said, I'm also a man under authority he recognized how the kingdom of heaven is a kingdom of authority. He said, all I need for you, sir, is for you to say the word and what you say will be done. And Jesus proclaimed, in all of the land, I've never found such great faith. You think the guy even understood what that meant? He's like, listen, I'm paraphrasing. Because I don't know what you, I don't know what that means, but if you said it, it's done. He, I don't even know if the centurion soldier Knew that that was a compliment. Maybe he did, but I mean, we 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 don't. I don't. Just think about that. We have we have so much knowledge because we have the Bible. What did the centurion soldier have? Jack. None of it. He 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 prayed to many gods. They had a god for every problem. A God for the rain, a God for the sun, a God for the night, a God for the day, a God for depression, a God for infertility, a God for love, a God for marriage. They had a God for everything. He didn't know nothing. But what he did know was this. If Jesus says it, it will be done. I have trust in who Jesus is. The Syrophoenician woman was, and Jesus answered him and said, Actually, I do want to I want to go to this answer because this is the part that is important. So go to the go to Matthew 8, verses 13. We have time, we can turn there. Yeah. So verse 13, and this and to the centurion, Jesus said, Go, let it be done for you as you have believed. He put the word believe in there. Did the centurion soldier say, Jesus, I'm believing that the servant in my house would be healed. He said, no. He said, Jesus, there's one in my house who is sick. But Jesus saw the man's belief or his faith or his trust. The man believed that if Jesus said it, it would be done. He had simple faith. And and Jesus said, Go, let's read it again, let it be done for you as you have believed. As you have believed, let it be done. Okay. So the Canaanite woman is, Matthew 15, we're not too far away. Go to verse 28. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you have desired or has believed. He answered them the same way. Both this woman and the centurion soldier, he answered the same way. He said, let it be done for you as you have asked, as you believed, as you desired. He didn't even, Jesus didn't even proclaim it to be done. He didn't say, in my name, be healed. He didn't say, in my name, be delivered. He didn't cast out, proclaim, shout, lift his hand, raise. He didn't do anything other than say, as you have believed, let it be done. You have great faith. Because they had simple trust in who Jesus was. That's all that they had. They had far less understanding than we do. They weren't weren't saved. They hadn't been baptized. They didn't go to seminary. They didn't have degrees in theology. They had zero to no understanding of anything other than when Jesus interacts with someone, their lives change. That's all that they knew. And they knew that if Jesus said it, it would be done. They had faith and trust in who Jesus was. And Jesus' response was, You have great faith. Let it be done to you as you have desired. Here's what I found interesting. This is just something that I thought was, I think that this would go against some people's religious belief. The Canaanite woman, do you know what the problem she had was? Her daughter. Do you know what was wrong with her daughter? She was possessed. Okay. So her daughter was possessed by demonic force, all right? Now, we saw Jesus cast out devils in the Bible. The one called Legion, he cast them out, right? Did Jesus cast out the devil of the Canaanite woman? Did he? (coughs) Not, not, he didn't, he didn't. No is the answer. In the same way that he did Legion, he didn't speak to the devil. For all we know, the girl isn't even here. Pardon this analogy, but just she's off somewhere being possessed. Okay, In those times, if someone was severely possessed, they got locked in a room. They didn't have mental institutions like we do now. They didn't have drugs to sedate people, so they couldn't manifest. They were locked in a room. So she is over somewhere, presumably manifesting this deal. I mean, it's bad enough that this woman has to come to Jesus. It's not just what, hear me. It's not just something where she's being oppressed by the enemy. She is full on possessed by a demonic force. And it's so bad that this woman's seeking after Jesus. It has to be pretty bad for that. Unfortunately, we're willing to put up with a little bit of ignorance, but this has to be a lot of ignorance for her to come to Jesus. And she said, this is what's going on. And he goes, I'm not even called to you people. She's like, I know, but still, Lord help me. And he said, Why would I give to you to the dogs what belongs to the children? She said, You're right, but even the dogs eat from the crumbs of the bread of the table of the children. And he said, You have great faith, let it be done for you as you believed, as you desired. And in that moment when he said, I'll read it, so we're on the same page, O oh woman, great is your faith, be it done for you as you have desired. And it says, The daughter was healed instantly. So again, this girl is just in some room somewhere, presumably just being possessed. And that devil is just doing his thing. And in an instant, he's gone. Removed out of her. No one touched her. No one said anything to her. Simply by this woman's understanding, she had simple faith. She did not have understanding. She had simple faith. And what I'm trying to position to you this morning and through this series is that you don't need anything other for any problem or any obstacle in your life than simple faith. That is literally all that you need. Jesus said you need faith the size of a school bus, right? No, He said you need faith the size of a mountain so you could say to the mustard seed. no. Oh. He said, all you need is small faith. He said, you can, he said, you need to be like a child if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven. Children are so gullible. They believe anything. They have simple understanding. And Jesus said, be like that. Simple faith is what it takes. I want you to, when, when you're thinking about growing in the things of the Lord, I want you to put out of your mind or correct your mindset of thinking, I want, I want to have great faith. I want to grow in my faith. If you want to grow in your faith, what you need to grow in is your understanding of how simple it is, and you need to grow in your trust. That's all that faith is. Trust in the Lord equals faith. I believe that if he said it, it'll be done. When we were in Romania, and uh, most of you heard the story about the crippled woman. When we were, I was talking to someone this week, and he said, uh, for those of you who don't know, there was a woman who was crippled and we prayed for and she started walking, which was incredible. I don't mean to make light of that situation, but uh, I've told the story several times that I want to talk about other things this morning. But I was telling a friend about that, a fellow minister, and he said, what did that, uh, like what did you like feel when you were praying? And I hadn't really thought about that. And so I was like, let me think on that. And I said, I don't feel anything. And then the Lord corrected me. He said, yes, you did. And he reminded me what I felt because that morning when we were heading out to that Roma community, which is a really poor, a gypsy community in Romania, the leader of our group said, don't come here and have pity on these people. We're going to pray for God to give us compassion, which is love. So we prayed for compassion that morning on the way to the village. And the Lord said, when you prayed for her, remember what you felt? And I said, you're right, Lord. That's it, yeah. I felt compassion. That's it, that's it. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't tell you with any amount of confidence that when we prayed for her, I, I, okay, let me, how do I say this right away? i It wasn't like I had this overwhelming confidence that I knew that I was going to see her walk. In fact, I didn't even think about it. I didn't think about the result of that prayer or how it was going to happen. I didn't think about what, how awkward was it going to be if we prayed for this woman and nothing happened. I didn't think about any of that. Yeah. I didn't think about how the power was going to enter into her body or how it was going to make her whole. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about any of it. You, if you would have asked me, did you know that she was going to be healed? I would have said, I, I, I don't know that. What did you know? Compassion. That's, it, yeah. That's the only thing I was sure of in that moment was that God a piece? loved her, huh? Did you have a piece? Oh yeah, that's what comes with that, compassion. I knew that God loved her, and I know that she was crying out for God. And God sent us from the United States to this tiny remote village in Romania, and she said, I've been calling out to God for two years for help. And what I felt in that moment was compassion. I didn't have some, what I, the reason why I bring this up is I didn't have some great rush of faith. I didn't feel uh, a boost of faith. It wasn't like a power. I didn't like eat the mushroom and I got bigger and have like a power up of faith. It's not, it wasn't like that. I didn't feel any of that. What I felt was compassion and love. And the, the, and the Lord said to me, this is what I felt for everyone who came to me. Was compassion and love. It says that, it says that he was moved with compassion towards the people that came to him and he healed them all. He was moved with compassion. See, we we try to put things in the realm of understanding because we try to be educated about things. We try to understand things. We try to figure out what's what, which is good. That's a a character of God. But there's some things that you need to be okay with there being a little bit of wonder too. And this is one of them. I'm not saying being ignorant of the things of the word. I'm not saying that. You need to know what the word says. But when it comes time to, quote unquote, mustering up faith, I'm going to be as bold to say this sentence. And I think you understand what I'm saying. Lord, help me say this right way. If you want to have more faith, it doesn't require more understanding. What it requires is, is more trust. And trust comes by being in relationship with. Absolutely. And trust grows by being in fellowship with. Yeah. How, how, I, how I know this to be true is when we were there, there was a guy on our team, um, awesome dude, his name is Sam, and I don't think he'd mind me telling you. Just a couple months ago, he was a drug addict, addicted to pain meds. He was a caretaker for a woman, and he, uh, she was on like morphine and crazy stuff. And so he would just, one for you, one for me kind of deal. But the Lord corrected him, and so he got out of that situation and got clean, and he heard about this mission trip, and he knew he was supposed to go. So Sam, if you were, and I'm not doing this, but I'm just for comparison. If you were to put Micah's list of accomplishments, quote-unquote, in Sam's list of accomplishments when it comes to church and the things of God, mine would be very, very long compared to his. And uh, please understand, I am not comparing this. Uh, If you were to look from the outside in, okay? Do you think there was any difference in the people of Romania when I prayed versus when Sam prayed and they got healed? Zero. There was zero difference when Sam prayed, people accepted Jesus, and people got healed. When I prayed, people accepted Jesus, and people got healed. Mm -hmm. You know what the difference was? Nothing. Mm -hmm. We both simply believed. See, oftentimes we look at Christianity like we do public school. Mm -hmm. Uh, Grade one, grade two, grade three, grade four, Mm -hmm. elementary school. You know, what's the thing before high school? Middle school, school, junior high, and high school, right? then maybe pre-graduate, <laughs> what's the thing that's pre-high school, what's that one called? Before? That's the one, yeah. We think of these as levels that we want to obtain, and most of our lives We've worked our way up through jobs, right? You start as an understudy, you start as the guy flipping burgers, and then maybe you go to being a. Uh, maybe you have graduated from the burger guy to being, you know, the guy who, I don't know, makes the shakes. Or for me, it was the guy who like served tables with the guy who made the sandwiches at Panera, right? So we, and then you graduate, and then maybe you get a key holder position or a manager position, or maybe you get a promotion. So our whole lives we've. We've lived in this world where we're promoted and we're increased and we, we know this happens by doing, by understanding, by growing, by striving to be better, by being responsible, by being faithful. And we, ap- we apply that to what we think it means to have faith and it's just the wrong, it's the wrong application. Absolutely. Jesus said, if you want to become great in the kingdom of heaven, you must become what? Yeah. Like a little child, like the least of these <laughs> That's what he said. Yeah. So when it comes to your faith, you don't, you don't, you cannot receive or achieve great faith by seeking after great understanding of what faith is. You can know about something, but not be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. I can know, at had a friend of mine who was into gymnastics. I can know what it takes To do a triple backflip he told me and i watched him do it he told me how much thrust you need when you jump off the trampoline how you need and where you need to tuck your head where to put your hands on your knees and and how much rotation to give it i cannot do that (laughs) i have an understanding on how to do it but i can't do it i'll I'll give you i'll give you another one this might not be exactly the right answer the right analogy but i think it's funny anyways i can know what it means for a woman to give birth. I can know what needs to happen. I can know how far along and how a face she needs to be. You, some of you may not know what that means, and that's totally fine, we're not gonna go into it. I can know what needs to happen, but I can never do that myself, okay? There are things, knowing about something doesn't mean you exercise it. That's what I'm trying to portray to you. Faith, you can know all the stuff about faith, you can know what the Bible says about faith, You can quote every verse from the Bible about faith. Does that give you faith? Not alone in itself. The word says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. What does the word of God point you to? Jesus. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God because the word points you to Jesus. And when you know Jesus, you begin to trust him. And when you trust him, you begin to believe him. And when you believe him, you'll see what this word says about the things that we can do while we're here on the earth. He said, Greater things than these shall you see. He said, Go into all the world and preach the good news, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. And we look at that and we think, My gosh, how much faith do I need to have to be able to raise the dead? What's the level? Seven? Do I need seven amounts of faith? 12, what's the level of faith they need to have? You don't need, it's a simplicity of trust. I simply believe that Jesus is who he said he is. I simply believe that he did what he told me he he did. And that he said that I will see greater things than these by my own hands and by the hands of those around me. Because his anointing rests upon us all to further his kingdom here on earth. There are things that you need to do to get to that place. One, you need to believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior and He died on the cross for you. That's step one. And then just grow in relationship with Him. Being filled with the Holy Spirit should be right there next to it. But then grow in relationship with Him and grow in your trust. Has, and and don't answer this out loud because I don't want to embarrass anyone. Has God actually ever let you down. Now, if you feel like he has, I'm not just trying to say, well, you're stupid. That's not what I'm trying to say. But your perspective just might be skewed. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, we feel like God lets us down. Sometimes it's in areas where we should never be involved in in the first place, and we think God should be involved in that. Because I'm involved in it, God should be involved in it. And since he's not, he's let me down and blah, 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 blah. Okay, he's not let you down in an area he knows is going to hurt you. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. He actually knows better than you do. I know it's a shocker. God's smarter than us. Whew. I know it's a shocker. And so oftentimes we'll find ourselves in areas where we want God to intervene to make us feel better about something and we have nothing to do in that area in the first place. But we... We apply, I, heard, I actually heard someone famous say, I can't be a Christian anymore because why would, a, why would a God who claims to be good let all these bad things happen? That's the most ignorant thing I've ever heard anyone say. And it shows their lack of understanding. And actually it shows they probably weren't a Christian to believe with. To begin with, I'm not judging them, I'm not casting person, I'm just saying if you truly knew what God said and what he did and what he told us to do, you wouldn't have that sentiment or that feeling. God has never let anyone down. He's never left anyone. He's never forsaken them. He's given all of us free will and ability to make decisions and choose to do what it is we want to do. And he actually doesn't promise us that he'll bless us in every aspect we want. He says, take my yoke upon you for it's easy and light. He'll bless your hands when your hands are involved in the things that he's told you to be involved in what I, what I promise you is this is that if you align your life with his and be st- I'm talking be stubborn about it. Yeah. whatever he says to you, do it. then everything you touch will prosper and, it's and you not will easy. no, it's not always easy and you it's it's actually I can promise you it won't be easy. And you'll grow in and in, in ways that you never thought you could grow and you'll have access to things you thought you never had access to. but but faith, Great faith is is just simply understanding. We didn't even get into our notes for today. What I what I want what I, yeah what I want to get into um, when I get back because I want to talk uh, talk about who God is. I, I'll give you a little a little teaser when. Uh, when God asked Moses to go back to Egypt, He asked him through a burning bush, and uh, it's in Exodus uh, three, one through eighteen, is where you see that story. And something I found interesting in in when studying this out, and 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 I was like, okay, Lord, we. We need to have an understanding, a simple understanding of faith, which means trust, which means relationship. So I should probably know who it is that I'm in relationship with. Make sense? I've said this before. I'm I'm pretty simple-minded. I like to ask who. I like to ask how. I like to ask when. So I said, God, I don't want to know who people tell me you are. I want to know who you say you are. Because God actually talks about himself, if you pay attention enough. And he asked people to trust him, but not necessarily blindly. Okay? Not all the time. So in Exodus 3, when he appeared to Moses, Moses said, who are you? And God didn't say, I'm God. What did he say? I am the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. Now, what the Jewish people had was history, stories. They knew of Abraham. They knew of Isaac. They knew of Jacob. They knew of that's how, the Israelites were in Egypt because of God's preserving them through Joseph. That's why they lived there. There was a new Pharaoh and he was scared of the people and that's how they became slaves. But they knew of Abraham. They knew of Isaac and they knew of Jacob. I'll I'll put it to you this way. Now, I'm not trying to say I'm some great trustworthy person. But if some guy says, hey, I'm going to come help you out with this and this, you might go, okay, we'll see if it's true. But if I said, or if he said, hey, I'm Micah's best friend. He said you needed help and he sent me to help you. That would carry more weight. Does that make sense than just some random dude coming up to you in saying, or, or, or it doesn't, don't put me in that scenario. Put anyone you trust in that scenario, right? It holds weight. So when God introduced himself to Moses, he said, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's saying, and I'm using her human terms here. He's saying, look at my resume. I, I helped your descendants. I, excuse me, that's not the right. You're the descendants of people I helped. I, I made Abraham rich. I took care of Jacob. I've, I've, I've taken care of your ancestors for thousands, for hundreds and thousands of years. That's who I am. And if you read through that passage, we'll, we'll do this next time. That's how he, when he told he, he, Moses said, how should I, what am I supposed to tell them? He said, tell them I am sent you and tell the leaders that it's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that that's, that's that was his his pedigree if you will because there's trust in that they were man god was invoking the name of people he helped and was in relationship with to assure the people he's commanding that he's trustworthy does that make sense you wouldn't think god would need someone else's name to vouch for him but that's I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to put God in a human box, but I'm just pointing something out to you. He he came to the intellectual level where Moses was and said, "I know you may not know me, but here's who I who's here's who I am. You know you know Abraham, you know Isaac, you know Jacob. You know how awesome and help how, and how, how wealthy and prosperous and blessed they were. That's because of me. And then he asked Moses to put the same trust in him. I'll, I'll position this to you. It's one of the main reasons I believe, this is, don't make a doctrine out of this, this is just what I'm saying. It's one of the main reasons why I believe we have, one of the many reasons why we have the Old Testament. It's because we can see who God was and how he took care of the people he was in covenant with and how we have the same access because we're in that same covenant line. In fact, we're in a newer and better covenant same God. So if you want to know, can I trust God, go read your Old Testament. Yeah, there's some bummer things in there, but it's because the Israelites were ignorant. They made bad decisions, <laughs> bad decisions, and they they stopped trusting God. It, last week, we read this verse in Hebrews, and I think I'll get ready to close here. In um, Hebrews, Hebrews 11, it's like the great faith chapter, but one of the things it says is Sarah trusted, Sarah um, obeyed God because she considered him faithful. Did you know, you, you, you know that you're, you're allowed to consider who God is? Which means she looked at the evidence and said, here's, here's all that God has done and he has only been faithful. And because he told me I was going to bear a child, I consider him a quote-unquote man of his word, a faithful God. This is the position we should find ourselves in. We don't have to know how faith manifests itself. We don't have to know the result of faith. We don't have to know how power goes from one realm to another, how limbs grow out. We had a little girl's leg grow out when we prayed. How eyes open up, how people are healed, how that woman with the issue of blood seemingly stopped bleeding. We don't have to know how it happens. We, what we do is simply trust that if Jesus said it, then it's real. Mm-hmm. That's, that's all that faith is. So here's, here's where, and I'm closing, you can come up in. Here's where faith is vitally important. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of the God. The word points to Jesus and tells us about what the things that Jesus did. So we read the scripture till we find trust. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. You read it until we find peace, until you can get to the place where you can say, I actually don't know how it's going to happen. But what I do know, just like the centurion soldier and just like the Syrophoenician woman, that if that Jesus says it, it'll be done. I don't know anything other than If Jesus said it, it'll be done. And those are the people where Jesus said they had great faith. Amen? Why don't you stand up? Hey, thanks for listening to the Tanny Love Church podcast. For more information about us, visit us online at www.tannylovechurch.com. And you can also check us out on social media on Instagram and Facebook.